0: Hello again, and welcome into another episode of the Lions Edge by BetMGM. I am your host, Chase Kitty, content writer and odds analyst on the blog team here at BetMGM. And it is the NFL betting preview podcast for week two. Today is Thursday, September 14th. We are, of course, as usual, looking ahead to Thursday night football, Vikings at Eagles, and then projecting ahead a couple of other bets. This weekend that I might like, the College Football Week 3 episode came out yesterday, so make sure you go check that out. If you are looking for college picks today, per usual, Thursday, we're looking at NFL. We start with Thursday Night Football. As I said, it's Eagles hosting the Vikings. The line started around 7.5, but has been coming down this week toward Minnesota. I don't have Ben MGM-specific numbers right now at the time of my recording, But per Action Network, market-wide, 65% of tickets on Philadelphia. About 55% of the handle is actually on Minnesota, which is driving the line movement. We're starting to see some sixes, but most of the major players are still holding at 6.5, at least as of Wednesday evening. And that includes uh, my shop over at BetMGM. I'll share some updated splits on Thursday. You can check my Twitter profile. Check John Ewing's Twitter profile. Always lots of good info over there from John. The total right now sitting right at 49, up slightly from 48.5. More on the total in a minute. There's two factors here driving the line movement, specifically on the side, on the spread. Uh, The first is that Philadelphia is already piling up a few injuries Kenneth Gainwell is going to miss this game. Multiple defensive backs are out, including Reed Blankenship, James Bradbury. Fletcher Cox is banged up already. We don't know if he'll be good to go either way. That would obviously be a big loss up front for the Eagles defense if he doesn't suit up. Nicobe Dean has been placed on injured reserve. Young but vocal. Important presence in the middle of that defense. Came over from the Georgia Bulldogs college team that won the national championship in 2021. So the Eagles are going to be missing a lot on the defensive side of the ball. The other thing here is the Vikings' week one loss. Advanced metrics say Tampa won the game, but Minnesota wasn't necessarily outplayed when you look at stuff like EPA per play basis. Minnesota held Tampa to 242 total yards, 2.2 yards per carry, but the Vikings were also minus three in the turnover battle. That was the difference in a three-point game. So, the market sees a Vikings team that's being overcorrected at north of a touchdown, at least when it opened, and they're betting it. That's the explanation for the line movement. You look at Philadelphia's injuries on defense, and you look at the analytics from week one. That said, I've talked to at least one very sharp better this week who says Philadelphia is just a straight up awful matchup for Minnesota, offense on defense. And he likes the Eagles to repeat their performance from last year's primetime game against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. That game, by the way, ended 24-7. to So the Eagles won by 17, covering pretty much whatever you number you would have had, including alts. Personally, I think the best route to go here is the over on the total. We know Philadelphia is missing defensive players, so it seems like the Vikings are going to score. Seems like the Eagles are going to roll up points on pretty much anybody. So I, I would look for an over 49. I don't love it, but it'll do just to have a stake in the game, maybe looking at like half a unit or so. One last note here. I did a little investigation into the whole Kirk Cousins primetime thing over the summer just to see if his actual ATS record matches his reputation. Uh, The results are worth reading, I think, so I'll leave that link in the show notes. You can check it out if you're interested. As for my favorite bets this week, I really hate this slate. Don't know how else to say it. Uh, So I'm going to keep it pretty brief here because I just don't have a lot that I like. It's just one of those weeks where I kind of hate everything on the pro side. I've got two bets placed right now. The first doesn't help you at all because I bet Cowboys minus three against the Jets about five minutes before the kickoff for Monday Night Football, which means I bet it about eight and a half minutes before it was taken off the board. Just dumb luck, no skill to it, total luck. What I would consider betting in this game now that is available is the under. It was reposted around 45 when it came back on the board after the Rodgers injury. Got hammered down to 42, hammered again down to its current position of 38 and a half. These defenses are really good. They're way ahead of the offenses they're going to be playing. They are playing against an offense that is not very good on the Jets' end. And average to occasionally above average on the Cowboys' end. This is going to be some gross 16-3 to 3 game, something like that. Even with defensive touchdowns, I just think 40 points is going to be really hard to come by. I know it's a low number. I know it feels ugly and, and hard to watch, hard to stomach. I'd still bet it. I think this is the right side. The other bet that I have that you can get right now is Bengals minus 3.5. Yes, Cincinnati looked Awful last week, which was not terribly surprising if you listen to this podcast or read my column on the BetMGM blog. Cleveland was my favorite bet of the week, and it came in very easily. The Ravens won and covered against the Texans, but it was more dramatic than it really needed to be. A bad Houston team just kind of hung around because Baltimore, I don't know, they kind of just looked like they were finding themselves through the whole game. And I think we're probably going to see a month or so of that for the Ravens. Lamar has some major kinks to work out with this new offense from Todd Monkin. Zay Flowers does look like he's going to be good right away. But the Ravens have injury issues again already. They're already down running backs. They're down corners. They're down all kinds of pieces just a few days into the season. The defense is way more inexperienced and mediocre than you probably realize if you actually go look at the roster, look who's still on the field Lamar is actively trying to do less of the thing he is really really good at which is run the ball I think Cincinnati is going to win this game at home after getting their face pounded in by the Browns which is why I just don't have much issue laying the three in the hook other thoughts that jump out at me but are not necessarily bets I guess people are happy to bet the Chiefs in Jacksonville because the Jaguars struggled with the Colts and the Chiefs have extra time to prepare because they played the Lions on Thursday in Week One, and Chris Jones is back with the team. So maybe it is really that simple. The Chiefs are the better team. They played in the playoffs last year. The Chiefs would have covered this number in that game. This is a regular season game. You know they are getting a after a loss bounce, which is kind of rare for this team. Is it that simple? I don't know. I'm just kind of skeptical of this team right now and the betting action that's moved the number down from Chiefs 1.5 to Chiefs 3.5. The stark absence of any real apparent talent at wide receiver on this team. Wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville wins this game. Definitely wouldn't be surprised if they cover now that the team's 3, and the number, excuse me, now that the number's 3.5. Uh, isn't it going to be muggy down in Jacksonville? That's another thing I'm thinking about. The weather. Is Kansas City ready for that? I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, I know Kansas City's not exactly Green Bay, but it's it's not the South either, so just a lot about this one feels a little weird to me. Houston versus Indy. Two first-time quarterbacks, two first-time head coaches in this game. 60% of the tickets are on the Colts via Action Network. I kind of lean Houston. Don't ask me why. It's just a feeling. Uh, speaking of feelings, let's talk Survivor. I, I've got I got a weird week to pay. If you're playing Survivor and you're looking at the schedule, you're like, man, it's probably even worse than week one. I planned to play the Broncos originally this week. When I gamed out my picks over the summer, uh, I was looking at Denver. I had them penciled in for week two. I got a little gun shy, though, after watching the game last week, the horrendous second half against the Raiders. Call me crazy. I think Washington could actually win this game. I really do. I I certainly think they're live to cover three and a half, and I really think they could win. I think the Raiders have a real shot to take out Buffalo and make the Bills the annual WTF their 0-2 team of the season. There's one every year. It could be the Bills. I mean, last year was the Bengals, and everybody was looking around like, wow, I didn't have that. Didn't have Bengals 0-2 on my bingo card, but there's one every year really feels like it could be Buffalo playing a weird team that can score points on a short rest week. I did zero research on either of these games. I have zero stats to back any of this up. Just call it a feeling. I would take the points with Washington. I would take the points with Las Vegas. I'd buy a money line ticket on both too. Understanding that this is one of those high-variance games where like Las Vegas could win... 23-20, or they could lose 38-7. It's just, you know, you might take the nine and a half points and be dead by five minutes into the second quarter. It's just one of those, but I've got a feeling these two might be bumpy rides if you're if you're backing Denver or Buffalo in Survivor. I'm on high alert. Uh that does lead to the you know fairly obvious question: what am I doing in Survivor if I'm not playing Denver or Buffalo? I know some people are on the Cowboys feeling good about the Dallas defense against Captain BYU in his third year. I don't know. I'm not playing I'm not playing Dallas because I'm holding them as a possible Thanksgiving play. So instead, I kind of think I'm going to play the Giants and I haven't locked it in yet. It might seem crazy. I was trying to explain to my parents who are not super NFL people. So, you know, I laid it out like, well, here's the thing. They just lost 40-0 to zero on Sunday Night Football. And my mother is like, wait, so why are you doing it then? Um, so it, it maybe on a surface level seems kind of crazy after the train wreck they had. But the line movement's moving toward New York pretty much all week. It was at Giants minus four like 36 hours ago. Now I'm recording and it's Giants minus six. It moved all the way through no man's land. Arizona's still a hot mess, even though they did almost find a way to take Washington's turnovers and turn it into an improbable win. Arizona's one of the only teams with a home field advantage that's as bad as Landover. They have an awful record at home. They were one and eight at home last year, I think. Uh, they're kind of like the Chargers. They're much more interesting as as a road dog than a home anything. The Giants are wildly competent on the road for some reason that I don't really understand. I think there's something like 27 and 13 against the spread on the road over the last 5 years, which seems nuts. There's another element here too, kind of the human element where you just you can't necessarily put a put a label on this or put a put a point spread value on this. Uh but you I just kind of trust that guys are going to show up and play hard for 60 minutes after they get their skulls caved in on national television. Some people, I think, like the Giants this week it is a trendy, like off, you know, not an, a trendy, non-obvious survivor pick just because they want to fade Arizona every week. I actually think I just like the Giants, full stop. Not, not because of the Arizona side, the whole picture. I think there's a really good case that the Giants are the best survivor play this week. And when else are you going to feel super confident betting the Giants and Survivor based on their schedule? I mean, look at their schedule. It's rough the next five, six, seven weeks. Uh, and just the the regression that this team is probably facing, this is probably the best spot to do it. So I feel pretty good betting them. I'm not sweating the Giants on the road. I'm not sweating going against Arizona in Arizona. I think it's as strong as a play you're going to find in What is otherwise a pretty difficult week for Survivor, I think. And that is going to do it for this episode. That's it. Quickie. Check the written column on the BetMGM blog for some additional betting looks, parlays, and teasers. I will definitely have more than one teaser in this week's NFL column, so go find it. Uh, I will link to that here from the show notes when it's live, as always. Next week I'll be on Gambling Gauchos talking West Virginia, Texas Tech and other college football handicapping notes. Make sure you check that out. Uh, I've added like extra college football play late, late week kind of ad here for me because it's after the Wednesday show, but I added the under in Rutgers, Virginia Tech while I was doing NFL prep for this episode. Uh, so consider throwing that on the heap of your week three bets that I have dug right out of the bottom of the dumpster. Good luck with all your bets this weekend, whether they came from me or not. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, take it easy.